Welcome to Broke as Shit with Dave Mahogany, a comedy podcast for anyone who considers themselves to be broke as shit and will never fully recover from it. Now here's your host, Dave Mahogany. Hey guys, welcome to Broke as Shit. I'm your host, Dave. Uh, if you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, uh, you kind of get the gist of what this is. This is basically me ranting about any kind of thing that makes me broke or society as a whole broke. Uh, my experiences and just things I notice as I go in my day-to-day life. Uh, be sure to follow along. Uh, invite some of your broke friends and family members. Um, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you're going to find this thing. Uh, I've been working with it, trying to figure out what the name should be, at least on like the podcasting apps. I don't know if you could put shit exactly on there, but I guess you can because there's some, there's some lawless stuff that people have put. I mean, it's basically... They, they put... I mean, nothing short of just pornography in titles. It's it's pretty amazing. So be sure to follow along. Um, if you're already listening, clearly you are. Uh, this is what I've kind of been up to. Um, you know, I, I've, I had a birthday recently, and I mean, not bragging, you know, I made it a, another year around, and I noticed one thing. As you get close to your birthday, almost every company you've ever given your email to or your, your phone number to, They'll send you some kind of deal, and I got to tell you, as the years go on, the deals get really shit. I mean, they get worse. Um, you know, something cool. I mean, you always get like what is it, like a free cup of coffee or something like that if you're choosing. It's like, oh, big deal. You're already charging six dollars for one cup. But I, I like that just as the funniest thing. It's like <laughs> this part of the world, or like the, I guess we'd consider the modern world that kind of antiquated idea. But you pay six dollars for like a cup of coffee when people make six dollars and like a week. It's like, it's just, it's insane to me, but either way. So the birthday deals, one of them I had was that we're going to give you this deal where you can finance something for 24 months with no interest, as long as you pay it all by the time is done. What they don't tell you is that it's still accruing interest at an alarming rate behind the scenes. So if you do miss one particular payment, or if you don't make it by the very end, all of that comes crashing in. But and that's off the base, you know, the initial principle is never calculated based off of what you have remaining. Um, but it's like, how how is that a fucking deal? <laughs> you just want me to finance stuff? Like, I saw, there is, uh, I'll probably go deeper into this. I really want to look into, like, these companies like Affirm and Klarna. Now, if they ever want to sponsor the podcast, please, I will gladly accept a suitcase full of cash. But they, they you know, if they finance anything, I mean, I saw something for... I was buying something that was all of maybe $10, $12, and it asked if I wanted to finance it for six months with Klarna. If you can't afford something that's 10 bucks and you need to finance it over six months, unless you have some kind of, I don't know, kids have a paper, they don't have paper routes anymore, but unless you're like mowing lawns, that is insane because most likely you're not going to get the zero interest. So what's going to end up happening is you are then, uh, it's just, it's insane. You know, and a friend of mine told me the other day that, now they have car loans that go up to eight years when a car is designed at best for five years, depending on what you got. I mean, many car manufacturers, they know the psychology of their market, so they'll design a car to match that particular time. And in my background as an engineer, that is kind of the case a lot of times when you get to certain products, there is a life cycle. But once you get to about five years, I mean, there's a reason why they do financing. They usually did financing up to about five years, and then it went to six, and now eight fucking years. I mean, that's a, that's a mortgage for a car. And you're not buying a nice car. You're not buying 
some ridiculous like you know G wagon or something, most likely you're buying like a Kia. And if you were to finance a Kia for eight years, I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's be real, man. Is anything on that car really going to last a long? I'm surprised even the chassis would last five. I mean, there's there's probably some residual rust it was born with, you know. But to go back with the birthday, like the discounts and deals, like you get things where like, oh, buy another tire. You'll get another free, like, happy birthday. Here's, you know, buy a set of tires and shit. Buy this. Home Depot was the one that was saying, it's like, oh, you know, we'll give you, we'll bestow upon you this 24-month financing on shit you don't need. Like, you just, you know, I mean, kind of get the drift. I mean, they shouldn't be doing it. And in the area that I live, too, most people are living in apartments. What do I need a Home Depot for? Unless I have some type of garage or something. But, I don't know. It's just, it's <laughs> it's like a sign of you getting older. But, like, also the times around you. Because even the gifts that you're getting just get shittier and shittier. And then eventually it's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's a, you know, it's another day. I guess, but, um, I don't know. I mean, it's like, you at least appreciate like, okay, a cup of coffee, whatever you want to stop by, do all these other things. But I, I think most of them was come back and get like 20% off of something. Again, it just gets you roped back into the, Hey, buy more shit because it's your birthday. You need to have more stuff rather than, you know, go out with friends. Like I, I would love to see that. Like whatever it is, you know, just insert company, Apple. They said, like, Hey man, go hang out with your friends. It's your birthday. Happy, hey, good job, man. You did it. But no, it's like, hey, man, you want to, well, hey, they don't give shit, first of all, you know, having worked there, they're not going to give you any kind of discount, but whatever it is, Home Depot says, like, you know, here you go, here's this free thing, here's a hammer. You know, it'd be a shitty hammer, but here's a hammer, here's something else. They don't really owe you anything, because, I mean, what, are, what does your birthday mean to them? Really nothing, but the idea of offering me some kind of, like, hey, man, it's your birthday, so we're going to give you some kind of financing that'll keep you on the hook for two years, longer than your other birthday. I mean, it should just... It doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you going to do? The next year, offer me another yet another financing thing so you just constantly have me on the teat? I'm also recording this in the morning this time, which is is not typical because, you know, you get a day to yourself sometimes. You want to record things. So I'm doing this during the day, and there's some construction happening outside, which is amazing because in this area, which is weird, in the last election um, where I live, we voted, everybody voted, and we somehow granted the city to take out some ridiculous size loan to fix the potholes. This is easily the crappiest pavement repair or anything I've ever seen. I mean, it's like you somehow replaced a hole with a less shitty hole. Um, they didn't compact it right. They didn't do any of this stuff. And I mean, I'm not getting too into like the engineering side of it because I did actually work around that. And that's where my mental paradigm, I guess, if you will, it kind of shifted when I saw how uh, funds were allocated in... Um, uh, the DOT uh, in a state, and I saw who was on the board who actually governed these things, and none of these people had backgrounds in engineering or even building stuff. They're usually just like the governor's friends and their appointees. So when I see this kind of stuff, because, you know, they have to do the lowest bidder, this, some of this stuff that they do around here, I mean, these you're not really, like the patching of a road is a lot cheaper, but you're not even patching it correctly. So I'm always wondering, like, what happened to the upwards of 130 million that was basically loaned out by the city to take care of all of these infrastructure projects. And he just did kind of a shitty job and then just people walk away. Um, I don't know. I, you know, that's the whole thing. It's just like, it's with this kind of a broke mentality, this idea of it's okay to have debt. It's okay to have this kind of thing. You know, Hey, everybody's got it. We all got credit credits there. You know, credit it's as good as money. 
I mean, yeah, it can be used for goods and services, just like money, but it has to be paid back. And having this revolving debt that everybody basically carries, and even, I mean, many countries have this stuff, even the best ones that you could think of have tremendous amounts of it, you almost see that reflection happening as like a uh, a physical manifestation in just, we can't fix a hole in a road, but we'll put some like quick patch. And that's, that is the crux of all of this. I mean, this is, this is the issue with all of this shit. I mean, why not do 24 month financing when it could be just like, just give me a cup of coffee or just don't even send me anything at all. I don't really need it. You're not, you don't owe me anything because it's my birthday. You don't know me, you know, unless my mother or father owned that company and they were like, Hey, let's do this for our, our offspring because that's his birthday. But Whatever, it's just, you know, it's me ranting about this kind of shit. Like I said, as these go on, I'm going to be probably become more and more of an angry old man. But I'm not that old, so that's just, you know, that's a sign of the times, I guess. All right, so I guess my topics today, uh, it's, you know, last time we were talking about banking fees and things. I actually had a friend who, um, he got an MBA, and he, he works, you know, he's been working for one company for, well, pretty much since out of college. And he, he really he's really into finances, and he wants to get into that kind of stuff. And he actually enjoyed the stuff, I guess my take on it, even though it wasn't necessarily correct. Um, but some of the stuff is kind of interesting because there's always like, there's like little pieces of information everywhere. And it's just like a scavenger hunt for anybody to find this. And I guess if you, if you somehow collect it all, you find a way to either control the population or they, you know, they shoot you, I guess. And then they blow up your car. That's pretty much what happens when you start finding out too much information. Like you can't have everybody knowing everything. So if we just kind of fragment it and then just send it all over the population, Everybody kind of has their own thing, you know? Um, so today I'm going to talk about, so I actually, uh, the day after my birthday, I actually had to go on a, I took a, a flight for work. And, you know, it's funny, as I was looking up the flights, I always noticed something now, if you do, like, say, Google Flights or wherever, they always, they always list how much CO2 they're putting into the the air. And I was always curious, I'm like, well, what, is, what does this actually mean? Because you still have to take the plane. And then some planes, of course, are going to be more air fit or... Um, yeah, more efficient than others. And if you ever sit on the plane, now I sit on the window seat just because I like just looking out. You know, I'm one of those people. I keep the window open and you can call me a shithead, but that's fine. But I don't, you know, I still sit in like the back of the plane, right? But uh, so I'll sit over there, I'll look out the window. And if you look at the wings or whatever, you'll see these little things at the ends and those are winglets. And those are put on for reducing a, a kind of a drag that effect that happens at the tip of a wing as the two differences in pressure reach to the very end. It causes a vortex, and you can see that sometimes when you're landing. In certain uh, times, you'll see like a spiral effect coming off the end of the wing, um, which is pretty cool. But the idea for that is to, when you decrease the amount of friction, you then use less fuel. And after, well, really after like uh, the economic crisis in 2008 and September 11th in the United States, you saw just a a driving up of airline cost for various fees and all of this other shit. And they always quoted that it was rising fuel costs, um, which have been relatively stagnant. I mean, if you look at it from like a macroscopic look past a certain point, they went up, yes. But they really have not gone up too much. And then I'm always curious, like, so compared to every year, the plane's efficiency, engine-wise, wing-type shape of the plane now, they get better and better but the fees seem to be ever going and ever expanding. Uh, companies used to just give you, you could bring, you could check bags, you know, they never used to be a big thing. And then I understand, okay, 
fuel's more expensive, so we have to charge you for the bags past a certain point. Some companies, they charge you for carry-on, some, and they're like, you know, you get like Southwest, that will get you uh, two bags for free or whatever. You can check two bags for free. So it's just, it's a, it's a funny thing, but it's like the argument, whenever you ask them, they always fall into this like Manchurian candidate of, they just rattle some shit off. That's like, well, this is the script we go by. He said this, there it is. We do it because fuel costs, this is this, that is that TSA start rattling off some shit that really doesn't ever answer why it's like that. So I thought that was funny when I was looking at like the CO2 offset. I was like, okay, cool. What is this credit? What is this, this other shit? Started looking into it. Apparently, The Guardian did a pretty good article about this, and they found um, when they looked at, I think it was about 19 or 20 uh, of the major airlines doing this the, these credits, what they'll do in order to um, to basically get kind of like tax breaks for the amount of uh, carbon that they put off into the, you know, they're, they're flying up in the atmosphere, so they're putting it up there directly. Uh, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll find uh, specific uh, nonprofits to give money to or to... Uh, apply for these credits through their various governments, but then they'll find these different agencies that they use. And this is, this is something that they did as an audit. They found some flawed models that were not very good at predicting future events because they base them off of past events, which is, you know, it's nobody can tell the future. If you could, this podcast would be over, man. If I could do that, I, I would never do this shit. I, I'd go out there. I'd win every lottery I could. I'd just, I'd be Biff from back to the future. I'd have my casino and my pool full of whores. Like, that's all I would do. I'd be that guy. Everybody would be. I mean, like, one or two people probably wouldn't, but most people would become Biff. So what they did for this, they would find these these companies that had that produced kind of a flawed model, and what ends up happening is they would, the from the amounts that they were using, they would say, oh, we're going to build this kind of tree, or we're going to plant so many things of trees, we're going to do all of this. Well, the real demand versus what they were predicting didn't match. So it would actually provide a lot of these companies these phantom credits that then they could use to cash in their various governments. So they actually get a lot of money back because of it. So they are saying that we're offsetting it by doing this based on a model that doesn't really work. And then they're getting government stipend because they are doing a, more than what was thought that they had to do you know it um it was one of those weird things like there's oh wow okay that's like it all comes down to like these models and like how many of these things are flawed because i mean they're made by people so you have to look at what's happening and you basically create a model that's going to match that or to simulate what's really happening but it's like you're trying to predict something in the future that's we're probably good for like a year or two but most of these predictions they try to do like 10 15 20 years down the road and that's that shit's impossible man i mean you know Coming out of a, I guess, pandemic and kind of things. Okay, who realistically would have predicted exact day-to-day things? Although that is kind of funny. I, I, for you know, as one does, I was watching. I heard somebody talk about. Um, they were talking about Ross Perot. This was something I was listening to another podcast. You know, I guess a name that cannot be mentioned anymore, or whatever. Unless you want to cancel me and give me a hundred million dollars, I, I look forward to that. I want to be. But they, it was talking about Ross Perot in the '92 election in the United States. And I decided like, okay, I was, I was kind of young. So let me go listen to this. I would tell you, man, this guy, this guy predicted everything to this point, spot fucking on. That was insane. I, I mean, I can't believe the shit he was saying, talking about outsourcing of jobs, finding tax havens. I mean, like everything almost to the T, this was a prediction. 
And my only thought is that, okay, this is what had been going on already for about 20 years. So you could follow that kind of a trend, whereas like how humans interact with their environment or how, you know, if it's it's like it becomes they try to do a chemical like an experiment on something but it's something you've never really done before and you've never had to do this type of thing at scale so as we try to predict the future and you try to do these things with like these co2 credits they they're using these models to predict something that we've never had a real understanding or basis for versus corruption outsourcing this type of shit. I mean, you can look at every civilization. Every kind of fucking thing has happened again and again. So it was it was just interesting, though, to hear this person say this, especially on a debate stage. I mean, now the debates are, I mean, it's basically a circus. But it is. it, w- it was insane. I was like, oh, my God, this guy. And this guy, I mean, he got a pretty significant amount of the vote at the time. But he's still, when you think about him, it's like he's just like the small little guy, kind of funny accent. He even addressed that. But. I'm not, this is not where Dave goes libertarian or does this, this shit. I, no, no, I don't, I don't buy this, but I just thought it was funny. Just kind of when you talk about predicting future events and all of that, it's like, that's the thing that I try to understand when it comes to looking at like the stock market and looking at, okay, what is actually happening financial wise one place or the other. If they're, if you're doing the same scam, basically you can predict the outcome each time. Just like any person that gets, that falls uh, prey to, a pyramid scheme, an MLM, you want to whatever you want to call it now, because of course they try to sue that out of being used. But it's a pyramid scheme. Any person that gets involved in those things, they all go the same way, and they all follow a similar pattern, and they all have the same jargon, and they all have this. I mean, like almost everything is identical, so you can kind of predict the rise and fall of these things. But I don't know where I was going with this, but basically what I'm saying is the airline fees and all of this stuff, I think a lot of them kind of are bogus, and it really just kind of screws. I mean, every time it always gets the people who are not making nearly as much or don't have nearly as much. I mean, it, this is this is like the underlying theme of all of this kind of thing. And this is not to be, again, I'm not trying to be this kind of Robin Hood, not the brokerage firm, but like the real, like you know, like the story of Robin Hood, you rob from the rich and give to the poor. This is not one of those like lords and vassals and serfdom kind of bullshit i'm not talking about that but it's just funny to to tell me that because we're doing this or because the fuel cost of this even though you advertise having a more fuel efficient plane that's like 30 percent more efficient than it ever was before i flew on a uh what is it a recently a boeing 737 max arguably one of the most efficient planes built and they're advertising how much how much less co2 we're using and how efficient this is, and oh my gosh, we're not using any fuel, but you still charge me $30 to check the fucking bag. Well, if it was that efficient, I mean, realistically, you wouldn't need to charge for the bag because everything would kind of break even, but it's not about that because you're still charging me these other fees because you want to make a certain amount per year. So you sit around and you come up with this idea, and now you start telling me that, oh yeah, well, you know, the economy, the fuel, the blah, you know, insert whatever you want, and that's what it always ends up being. So... What they then do is then they make your experience and the farther portion of the plane, they squish you in. I mean, whatever happened to the term coach? I used to love that when I was a kid when we would go fly somewhere. It would always be like first class. Only maybe sometimes you see like a second class. Not usually. Just first class and then there was just like coach. And then they came out with like business class. And then now they call it economy. Like changing the word makes it better. You know? I like this kind of play that they do, and it's all marketing, man. These these people who market, they market everything. This is what really controls this kind of broke narrative is that 
if you can market it to the poorest people, then if you use the right words, it's all right. Somehow you're doing well, but you're not really. You just found another way to say this shit. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't want to say this particular word, but I'll just, I'll, I'll dance around it or refer to it as something different. You're, you're stupid. I mean, this is, this is what this is. So now they, of course, you know, it's coach. I thought like coach sounded cool to me, but I guess now you still have this idea. I'm like, we will never get rid of a stratification of classes in the world until we get rid of this idea of first class and coach. Just call it more expensive seat, less expensive seat. Not economy, not this, that, fuck that, economy. They used to be for like a Pinto or a Yugo. I mean, these were shitty cars, okay? Economy cars. I Don't get me wrong, I had one. I had the cheapest car you could buy in America. Brand new at the time. It was $10,000, a little Nissan Versa stick shift. Fantastic. But man, that was a rolling bitch mobile. I mean, it's not anything nice, but... That's what it was, but they call it like, oh, it's an economy car. It's like, no, it's just a cheap car, man. Just a cheap car, cheap seat, expensive seat. That's all you really need to do. And I mean, if you're ever so lucky to get into the first class range, but I mean, you're paying so much for this stuff to sit on sometimes easily is kind of a shitty plane. But like, yeah, they just treat you like an individual. There's never really anything nice. They're not like massaging your foot. But I mean, although that would be pretty cool. I think if you fly on like some of the really cool ones like Emirates and things like that, then you... <laughs> I mean, so it's a funny story. So I was in high school and we really, this is when they had a uh, Hooters airlines, well, you know, we're dumb high school kids and we thought it would be really funny just to fly. And there was like regional flights too. So we tried to sign up for, um, <laughs> we tried to get a, a book of flight from, I think Atlanta to maybe Charleston, South Carolina. And it was going to be on Hooters air and you know, they're flying like a small seven thirty seven or whatever, but it was basically just Hooters girls that give you wings and beer well, I guess we wouldn't get beer because we were too young, but they give you wings and things as you're just, you're flying. I'm like, now that I think about it, I'm like, how, that, what a stupid idea. Because most of the time, even if you say you hit turbulence or something, and I've been on numerous flights where it's like, you're constantly there and they're like, so, okay, your, your flight attendant can't walk around and like do anything. So it's like, what's, what's really the point? It's just, it's a stupid idea. And I, needless to say, when we tried to sign up for it, we found out that they went out of business, but that was that. I mean, that can't believe that. That was a thing, man. It used to be. The, I mean, but you wouldn't ever go anywhere. It's not like you're going across the country or you're flying to Amsterdam on Hooters Air. That might be pretty interesting, despite the fact he'd sleep most of the flight. But I don't know. It's just. It's like there's there is a there is a fee in everything at this point. There are there are bank fees. There there's all kinds of. I mean, if you look, you know, you look left instead of looking right. There somehow there's a fee. Um. But with the airline stuff, it's just like it's one of those things that we all kind of accept, but nobody really just does anything about. I mean, they a lot of the big airlines, too, when the pandemic first kicked off, a lot of them got bailed out and then turned right around and fired thousands of employees. You know, like the whole point is, so what'd you do with all that money? You just pocketed it, you little, you motherfucker. Like, you, that's what you did. You stole that money. But... You know, give me a a mulligan and open up Hooters Air again. I mean, that's really that's what you should you should do something for me. I fly your thing. I always thought it was funny that you have a company called Airbus. I mean, realistically, that's what a lot of the major airlines are trying to do. They're turning their airplanes into basically city buses. And you know, if there wasn't security, you would have a bunch of stabby people up there. And it's you know, you still get that. There's still people that start to lose their mind. But I mean, like that's really it. It's like you package these people super tight in there, and then occasionally you give them some stupid snack, some cheap snack, 
Although I will say the pretzels, if you get the rolled pretzels, man, and a Coke, it's fantastic. But yeah, I don't know. So there you go. That was my issue with airlines and fees. I know this topic's a little weak, but so another thing I did was started looking at my taxes. You know, I'm an adult. That's what you do. You know, Friday night, most people are going out to a club or something. I'm doing my taxes and you can do it a couple of different ways. When I first started doing my taxes, uh, my parents used to work with me. They'd like, we'd actually get like the book from, from like the post office and you'd do it by hand. So you wouldn't have to pay extra fees or whatever. You mail the shit off yourself or whatever. And you would make copies. And it's, it's not really that complicated, but it is definitely more complicated than it really needs to be. Because it re- at the end of the day, it's really just adding a subtraction and then f- looking up things in a table. But unless you start doing like really complicated things, but let me put it this way. If you're, if you're, managing a company or something, you're not going to the post office for your tax book. You're, you're filling out something more complicated or you have a person who does it. So realistically, what ends up happening with this is, uh, you know, it's like now they're, you know, you get the, the tax services, um, do the online stuff like a turbo tax. You can do H and R block now has it, which is pretty funny because H and R block, I was actually going to call this podcast, uh, H and R broke because they, um, <laughs> they, when they had a, what is it? It was a couple of years ago. They had issues with their own taxes. Like they filed them wrong. So that really gives you a lot of trust that they're going to do yours correctly. Like here's Jim. Well, he's getting audited, but that's also because we're getting audited too. So, but, uh, you know, and then if you start going through a lot of these services, like, oh, well, it's free if you do this. Well, it's free to do all of the legwork and to do everything. It's free to fill it out until you want to actually use the shit. And this is some deceptive crap that they do. And then, you know, they put the little asterisk and then there's some like fine print down at the bottom, much like a pharmaceutical drug when they're like, hey, you know, this will save your life, except for the, you know, 90% of the time where it kind of killed this person or they shat blood for a week. And with these tax services, it's the same thing. You start going through there, then they start telling you, well, this is going to help you not get your identity stolen and it's not going to be this. And I'm like, Dude, by all fucking means, take my identity, take the debt, take whatever you want. You can pay my student loans, do whatever the hell you need to do. Take everything because you're not taking me. You're not taking my ideas. But if you want to take any of that financial bullshit that I got to do, well, yeah, by all means, you call those people or you dodge those phone calls. Um, So you could pay for these services. And I mean, every year they get more and more expensive. Like some of these things, if you really did a lot of the things that they suggest, you'll end up paying like $300 just to file a 1040, which is very stupid. It, you know, the basic, not even the easy, but just if you had a little bit higher up or whatever. But I mean, it's real, real stupid. And then a lot of the stuff in the tax policy is so ambiguous where it's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could get by with this. There's never just like a yes or no kind of thing. It's always like, well, it's situationally. And I'm not going to get into that kind of stuff, but... So as I'm filling these things out or whenever, you know, you start entering this in and then like, <laughs> then, you you know, as you're, you're typing in certain things, you'll see like how much your refund or whatever, if you get a refund, how much you get this kind of back. And it's always fun. I always thought it was weird to me. It's like, oh, this is how much you overpaid. I was like, yeah, that's what it is. But they already spent the money, if not more than what the tax revenue was. So how did I get a, how did I get a refund? Well, you paid too much, but we also spent too much. So here's some money back. And it doesn't make any fucking sense. But then if you think about it, like, oh, wait, I think it was the national debt in the U.S. is now $30 trillion. That doesn't mean anything. This is just fucking, <laughs> it's just made up numbers, man. Nobody knows, what the fuck is a trillion? Like, we had to think of something past billion. 
in a lot of languages on the planet, man, there's not even a word for billion. Like in Spanish, you say thousand millions. I mean, like <laughs> we never thought that the number could go that fucking high. And now you have things in the orders of trillions of dollars. So it's funny to me. I mean, we're not the only country that does this because it's funny too, because everybody wants to, they, this is like a, a shortcoming with a lot of things in the United States and a lot of countries that are kind of isolated, like geographically or whatever. But they always think that this is only happening to you. This is only this. This is only that. It's like, no, no, no. Japan, China, all of these motherfucking countries, all of them are in like similar situations, all have ridiculous spending and don't match any of the shit that they have. But it's all fiat currency anyway. So I was like, what, what's, the, what's the point? You know, it's all made up past a point, And it's really the idea that you believe it works, that it works. If there was ever a a proof that faith can be held across the masses, the financial system is basically the purest of faith. And, you know, it's not these people who are like, I'm diehard capitalist. What a stupid fucking thing to say, like, to your friends. I walk into a room like, hey, man, hey, you like this guy. He's a capitalist. Like, what the hell does that even mean? It's like, oh, he's a communist. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? These are pure ideologies. It's like, this is just pure one way or the other, you know, sometimes you need to you mix a little bit with this, you know, it's like, you're going to put some gasoline in like a, a leaf blower. You got to put a little oil in there too. You know, you got to mix it a little bit. You can't just have it just raw, but that was a terrible analogy for what I was just talking about. But as it pertains to what I'm talking about, as far as um taxes, it's like, yeah, I never understood that. How, how is it that you can and a lot of times it's usually the people who are more downtrodden or paying less into the system, um, you know, financially wise, I guess, or they make the less least amount. They tend to get the highest returns. But it's funny because the return, you're getting money that you overpaid, even though they spent at that amount, if not higher. And then there's like, I don't know how many departments that have non-discretionary amounts of spending where it's just like, this is just off the books. I'm like, so where the fuck is this coming from? So he starts to realize, wait, this is all this is all kind of made up. And I imagine if I, I made more podcasts about this, I mean, it's like, you're either going to put a bullet in your mailbox or there's going to be some like weird intersection cam footage of your car exploding. You know, it's usually how you get rid of people. It's always like, well, you know, Phil, I mean, cars, they just routinely explode when they go through an intersection in Malta or insert other country i mean like even here man it's like oh you got a single car accident with nobody so i mean it's like it's one of those like i'm saying man, you, you really can't know everything you shouldn't know everything you got to meet a lot of people it's good to learn across boundaries cultures all that kind of shit but i think if you if one person knows too much man they can't have that because then you kind of figure it out and then once you figure it out then you'll you might tell somebody else and like that shit spreads and then you know they just they nip it right in the bud man they put two in the back of the head or something, or like just happen to be walking to the train. Next thing you, know, you get jumped by like a tank. So, uh, what the fuck was I going with this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so do your taxes. Have you ever had to pay your taxes? I mean, I, I did this, um, I did this once I had to pay taxes. And this is the thing they don't tell you is when you're doing this, you have to pay quarterly or else they'll impose a fee. And then there's also, if you can't pay it all at once when the shit is due, um, they will actually start to charge you an interest for not paying back. So I always thought it was like, you know, like loan sharks or whatever. Like they got a VIG, you know, they got, they'll break your legs, they'll beat you up or whatever. They'll, they'll start charging you points on every dollar you spend or every dollar you take. 
from them. I never thought the government did that, but I guess they do. So <laughs> the only difference is if you don't pay, then people will show up and like they'll throw you in jail, or they can find ways to like specifically garnish your wages straight from your bank account. I mean, they they really will find a way to do it, which is <laughs> it's just insane to me because you're like, no, nah, man, this is what the mafia like these types of like organized crime people do. They're running rackets, and it's like, no, nah, this is the biggest fucking racket you'll ever see, man. And especially when it gets all too powerful. You start to see all of this kind of shit, and you're like, wait a second, something about this isn't adding up, right? Which then leads me to my next thing. Let's talk about grifting, and not the modern sense of it, but like really what grifting is, you know, running scams on people. Uh, Speaking of taxes, so I watched this documentary (laughs) recently, and I always knew about this kind of stuff and what people do. Like, if you want to avoid paying taxes in many countries, uh, a lot of times what people will do, they'll move their money out of the country they'll move it offshore they they'll buy works of art to hide their money they'll have vast collections i watched one about uh the wine trade and like you see all of these billionaires and just these people buying like millions of dollars worth of wine or millions of dollars worth of these paintings and shit and just you're hiding your wealth you can move it across borders very easily as opposed to moving pure money and a lot of play a lot of people in some countries that maybe they uh Maybe they don't play too nice with them. They um, What they'll do is they'll buy real estate in other countries. And they'll buy super expensive real estate because at the end of the day, nobody's creating more land. And that's what they always tell these people. That's what they told everybody. Like, oh, fuck this. It's 2006. Buy a bunch of houses. You don't have to put money down. I mean, it'll only go up. And then, yeah, you know, then you get the financial crisis where all these people are underwater in every possible way. But... When it comes to moving money offshore, it's like it was interesting. This is about the Panama Papers, and you start going into all of this, and of course, you know, depending on who made the documentary, you get a specific like, oh, some people are yeah, a little biased one way or the other. But it's amazing that that is the one thing that I think will unite us all. Like I said, it's like a faith. It's like if Christianity was only about money, which <clears throat> it is, but um, no, no, it you know, it has definitely been co opted for that. In the past, I mean, every religion, every every institution has been in the past. I mean, you go visit the Vatican, there's so much gold and shit there while you see, like, homeless people living on the street asking for change and stuff. And it's like, it's right the fuck in there, man. Go inside and take that stuff, you know? But despite that, when you have, um, uh, what was it? So for these, these, uh, these tax havens that they have, um, so really it's interesting. So when they move their money offshore, a lot of times what they'll do, because, you know, once you move it into, it's not necessarily just offshore accounts because you still want to use the money, but you don't want to, you don't want to pay an exorbitant amount of taxes in your country or whatever. And if you're not paying anything into it, and again, it's, this is where it comes into the, they gave you a return, but they also overspent their income basically, which is funny that they can do that. But if I do that, then I'm you know kicked out of my house, but they overspend their income and then they give you a return and all of the other money that was in a system because money, and this is, I had one, one, uh, professor in college who, who said something that was very interesting to me. And since I like science, it, it's the same kind of thing, like conservation of energy or whatever in money and power can either be created or destroyed. You know, you can make more money, but the value of it goes down. So there's always a set amount. And then, Power is never created or destroyed. Now, you can make more people, but there's a specific amount of power that exists. So what these people want to do to make sure that they hoard the money and they don't kind of give it up because they can't make more of it, they will have these tax shelters 
anywhere. And it'll be usually it's always offshore. They find some country or they find some entity that wants to play ball. And what they'll do is they'll they'll incorporate a bunch of other countries in another very tax loose kind of corrupt place. Um, and what they do is they produce an entity. They make a fake business, basically. They put somebody they know or whatever. Then they make other fake businesses. And what, what happens is they go around three or four or five or six different businesses. By the time that each regulation uh, company or every, every regulator in any country, as they're looking into it, it'll take, say, six months. Maybe they you know, they know, they know where they're going to be doing this. So say it takes six months. They'll move the money there. And prior to that six months being up, they'll move it to another com- company. And then what they'll do is they'll move it to another company. And then this, they'll keep doing this. And this will just constantly be happening. And they'll incorporate thousands of companies probably in their lifetime for this kind of stuff. And what they'll do then is if they want the money, what they do is they launder it by that fake company, like company five down the list, issues them a loan with no interest. That loan a lot of times will go to somebody very close to them or a family member, usually just a friend, someone who is not really related to them because you're doing something illegal, really, and you don't want it to trace back to you. So what they do is they issue themselves a loan, and then as you start to look deeper and deeper, that company again went belly up, but now there are new companies. So they issue themselves a loan. So this is how you get away without actually without paying any taxes. (laughs) And it's amazing how many people do this shit. And it's just like, I, I wish, again, this is one of those things. If everybody knew, this shit would not happen. But not everybody has all the information because the people who really started to delve deeper into this and really bring it to light, again, they you know their cars exploded in intersections. They, they got mugged and killed in a weird coincidence. You know, like strange instances usually happen. Like their flight goes down, you know. What was it? Um, e. Howard Hunt, his was it his wife or his ex-wife? As he's testifying about the Watergate scandal, like the real gate, none of this new gate shit. Watergate is the hotel. It's not something like it's, this. Isn't about water. So they, he, as he's testifying in front of Congress about his involvement with it and how the CIA is involved. You know, coincidentally, his wife's plane goes down. <laughs> you know, it's just like to send a message kind of thing. I believe it was E. Howard Hunt. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it was just one of those things. It's like, oh, okay, there's also ties to him, you know, in the, the Kennedy assassination, all this other shit. It's just like, you know, you can go down that tinfoil hat rabbit hole if you really want. But, yeah, so with these tax shelters, though, this is this is a real thing. People have been doing this for for, dec- for more probably more than decades. I mean, you, you don't want to pay the shit, man. I get it. You, you don't want to, but you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Because you can't have a society that's healthy if you keep doing this type of shit. Because what ends up happening is, the short term, yes, everything is fine. But in the long term, everybody gets fucked. And then they get fucked real bad, too. And it starts with the poorest people. And eventually, it works its way up. But what ends up happening is, you you have these other accounts. So basically, they launder it straight through. And in, in the United States, we got to do something about Nevada and Delaware, man. They're ruining it for everybody. Because they allow you to create a lot of fake businesses through them, to use them as tax shelters, to move money to another place. A lot of big corporations have their headquarters financially are in Nevada or Delaware. I watched another documentary about, 
how um, China was doing it through some of these other companies, specifically through Nevada. And then they were using these to like get onto the American stock exchange. And like, (laughs) it's just, it's like sickening shit. man. you start to find out that it's all just, uh, just a fragile house of cards. But the one thing I thought was funny about this, when you're talking about like moving your taxes or your money offshore and that kind of stuff, when I was doing the taxes, that was a question they asked. Like, do you have any offshore accounts or do you have any other, any like tax havens or tax shelters? I'm like, you need fucking idiot. Who's going to say that you did? Who's going to actively say, yeah, I'm breaking the law. I'm not paying on this. Fuck that. I'm not going to tell TurboTax or H&R Block. Yeah, I've got $55 million just stashed in a place through some entity out of the Bahamas, which then goes right through to Switzerland. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that. I mean, how ridiculously stupid do you have to be? If you were smart enough or wealthy enough even to get to that point to where you could do these things, how? why would you do that? You also wouldn't be using one of those cheaper services like an HRR blocker or a TurboTax. You're not doing that. You've got a team of people to do this kind of shit for you. So what I'm, what I'm saying is I want to get to the point where I can do that. I want to be that, you know? That's what I'm talking about. I want to do the real grifting kind of things because that's most of those people too. They also don't face any jail time. I mean, it's like, you know, slap on the wrist, they pay a fine. And, you know, people just kind of look the other way. So I want to fail up is what I'm trying to say, guys. So you really need to support this podcast in some way, shape or form. So that way, one day I can either be canceled, I'll be offered a shitload of money, or I, I want to be, I want to launder some funds. You know, I feel like it'll be fun. It's a, you always hear about it. You know, it's like in the movie Office Space. They didn't know what money laundering was, but like you watch enough things. You see like drug dealers. You see anybody in illegal enterprises. They're finding ways to launder shit. I mean, you know, it can't be that hard. If you, if you know some math or whatever, you know some people, you pay them off. I mean, realistically, I, I don't know if that's the amount of taxes they would have paid on this this wealth to pay off all of these other people. I, w- I would love somebody to do that. Like there's just like some <laughs> beaten down accountants. Like no, realistically, I just I fucking told them, man. Just pay the taxes because you're paying like six people to take care of this shit. And it's it's way more. It's like, I want somebody to say that because there's got to be some truth to this. Like, how much money are you wasting to pay all these people to constantly keep this ruse going? But then even funnier is that governments a lot of times will do this kind of shit too. And they do this through their intelligence communities. They, they create a shitload of fake businesses all over the place for moving money, weapons, whatever the fuck they want to do. So it's like, it's no surprise to me that this is the same play, but it's it's done everywhere. So it's like, what are you really going to get rid of this one, but not expose the other? That's bullshit. You're, you, I mean, you, there's no way this is going to happen. So what I'm trying to say is, help me reach the point of financial security where I don't want to pay any of the stuff for anything, but I want to use all of the services, and eventually I want to rise up to the point where I look down my nose at everyone. Um, you know. Then you can, it's like everybody's like, how can they sleep at night? I'm like, they probably sleep really well, man. Have you ever been in some, have you seen the pictures of some of these houses, some of these beds? I mean, I have a soft bed, but I mean, can you imagine? I mean, seriously, think about it. It's got to be fucking amazing. So help me fail up. That's really what it is. That's that's the underlying theme of this show. Like, help me not be broke. So that way I can make other people broke. You basically transfer the broke to someone else, you know? My body fought the infection gets away, you get it, you know, I'm good, <laughs> natural immunity. Um, so then it's like all of these kinds of things, like when you talk about grifting, is always the con men because they're all con men, right? And that stands for confidence man, you know, con man. 
watch this other documentary that's been up there, I guess now, is The Tinder Swindler. And man, that was a sleeper. I thought it was going to be one thing, but as soon as I found out that this chick kept giving this dude money, or just the fact that he immediately flew, like this, 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 okay, so this girl matches with this dude on Tinder. He claims to be the heir uh, of a diamond enterprise kind of thing. All of this thing has the name, whatever. He's wearing all the fancy, gaudy shit. Uh, you know, and it's, he's walking around acting like he is this person. He's like set up this whole thing. And when you start watching it, you're like, this looks like something out of a movie. Now, if you're, I don't know, maybe raised in a certain society where you've seen people commit scams and rob people with a story or some kind of thing, you can call bullshit pretty quickly. But I guess if you're not in that, I mean, some, but these people are pros too, man. They'll convince anybody. They convince me, they convince, they convince anybody out on the street. But it's funny to see some people who are very accepting or naive to this, and they don't try to call bullshit on the fact like, okay, is this person really, like, I would have looked this person up immediately to see, okay, are you really tied to this? Not their family, but are you really somehow, in, I mean, you claim to be the CEO of this diamond company now that your dad started. And I would have looked you up because if you're CEO, I mean, you're chief executive officer, a lot of times it's publicly mentioned that you are the guy. So look this dude up, you know, he probably could have found most of this information. But then also realize that you picked a dude up off of Tinder. Maybe on the first date, don't go to, you know, where the fuck do they fly? I mean, like, don't fly anywhere with a person you just met. I don't care how much money they have. That's usually the, the start of every movie to someone being trafficked, some kind of drug deal thing that you don't want to be a part of. I mean, like, none of it's good. So, I, I don't know. So, this is what happens. Eventually, this this guy, because he's running a scam, and a lot of these scams, the way that it works is, you get a bunch of people to eventually send you money for various things. You claim, oh, my business is struggling. This guy claimed that his enemies were out to beat him up or whatever. Like, that's another thing, too. If somebody says that they have enemies, uh, e no. <laughs> it's like, if it starts to sound like a Liam Neeson movie, that it's, it's probably not real. I'm sure there are people who do have these enemies or do whatever, but you know what those enemies do? They usually kill you. I mean, that's pretty much how every drug dealer like massive cartel kind of thing. Like they blow up this person's wedding. They do this kind of thing. They take this person out, you know, Escobar drove part, like almost military, like a military into the Colombian government buildings. I mean, it's like, you're talking about real shit. This is not like, Oh my, they're chasing me. And they like, they beat up my bodyguard. This is, which is something that he claimed. And he was sending like the same messages and the same uh, images to these girls. And every single one of them was like, Oh shit. And like, he, this, the, it was a beautiful scam in that, if he didn't have a romantic involvement with the girl, he would befriend them to the point where they would trust everything this guy said. And, but I believe that there's always a point where a lot of people, if they just step back and they say, huh, some of this sounds too, too made up, too good to be true. I mean, it was, it was something that, um, I know this is a radioactive topic, but it's like something that, uh, Hitler and Goebbels, they came up with, they had, they knew the idea of the big lie. If you make a lie so outrageous, people will believe it no matter what it is. Um, and so it's like, yeah, you see these types of con men and they, a lot of times they do make this, they're very charismatic. That's great. They have this, they show the wealth, they show the car, they show the plane, they show all of this kind of stuff. But really what ended up happening was 
he's taking this girl out for this amazing kind of thing, going to Michelin star restaurants, going to these five-star hotels, doing all of this crazy shit, flying private. The money he has to do that comes from some other person, some other girl. There were even guys involved who were like, oh, he babysat my cousin or my... (laughs) It's like all of these people all over the world. And we're talking tens and tens of millions of dollars spent eventually. Like each person, they take out a credit card, they do all those I was always surprised too because when this person's talking in this, and I feel bad for all of the, the people involved, but she's talking about how she she took just she just got an American Express and took out like I don't know how many loans she took out. She took over like two hundred fifty thousand dollars in loans. I'm like, shit, what kind of credit do you have? That's pretty amazing. Like, how did you get that? You know, like if I call American Express, they they're angry when I call. You know, they don't want to talk to me. How did you get this much money immediately greenlit and then you sent it over to him and then you just gave him the card? That's insane to me. I'm more concerned with that. It's like as you get older, you watch like the movie Home Alone. It's less entertaining or intriguing that this little kid somehow thwarted two criminals who probably should have been carrying a gun and probably would have killed the kid immediately. But you see the house and all the lights on, all this kind of stuff outside of Chicago. You know, you're wondering like, how? What does he do? Like, how can he afford this? I mean, that's a that's a meme, but it's like it's. It's true. It's like, that's the thing that I didn't understand. I'm like, how did you get greenlit for so much credit and so much all of this? With I mean, <laughs> how good were your finances and everything prior to this to where maybe it doesn't matter if you're necessarily smart, but if somebody sells you a good enough line with a good enough sales pitch, you'll take it. I don't know. So watch that. And then I watched another one where this guy claimed to be working with MI5 in, in the UK and somehow convinced all these kids but then it turned into more stuff because he he convinced these kids in a, in a college, which is like right before university for them, um, that the IRA was coming after them and that he needed to take them and they had to work with him and he's working you know he's working with uh, British intelligence. And what ends up happening is that he convinces the girls and the guy to get their families to give them such amount of money, you know whatever it is thousands of dollars. It's always the same kind of thing. It's always like the scam is always the same. Like the actual workings of it, the story around it is usually what changes, but this guy's claiming to be intelligence. He claims to be this takes him all the way around, does all this kind of stuff. He does it in a different way rather than showing the wealth and flaunting it and saying that people are out to get him. It's more, we need to do this. We got to, we got to work covertly. So we need some money. They needed to give us some money. So that way we can do this and we'll be fine. But you know, you keep them kind of in the dark you change their name like you you basically start to control and manipulate these people well this keeps going on and on and on and on and then he's gone through i don't know how many dozens of people usually women goes through does this kind of thing to somehow gets them to finance bankroll every little thing he does and he actually gets caught at one point goes to prison appeals it gets out because he's like, well, I never forcibly took these people. So they went with their own free will. But somehow he still took, I mean, these people are, I mean, the amounts of debt that these people have, I mean, they're talking like 200,000 pounds, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. This guy's making millions off of these people. Each one of these people is just indebted. And of course, they never get rid of the debt. That's the thing too. They said, like American Express went to one of the girls, from the the Tinder swindler thing, 
went to her and said, is this the guy that you're talking to? Is this the person? And she's like, holy shit, this is, yeah, that's him. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's 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 running a scam on you. He's this, oh, man, we'll be on the lookout if you can help us. But they never got rid of her fucking debt. Like, I would say, now make a fucking deal at that point. You are, you're dealing with American Express. They want to catch this guy just as much as you do. But make a deal. Like, listen, I'll help. I definitely want this to be done. I'll help you. But you got to cancel this shit because you know this is fraud. But I, I don't know. For So apparently these people are still paying off all these debts. But it's the idea of this kind of like con man. It's like this shit doesn't go away. And as economies get worse and worse, it sprouts up in every possibility. There's always somebody trying to sell you something. And you shouldn't walk into a situation just assuming that these people are like, you know, walk into it with like the idea of like a positive intent. Like assume everyone starts at a blank slate. Everyone's good. You know, when you're you're in school, everyone starts at an A and it's for you to fuck up. Rather than you start at zero and work your way up. Don't just assume this is going to happen, but, I mean, listen to what these people say. Actually listen to them, because most of the times they're not very subtle. They'll bring up this kind of stuff, and if you're like, wait a second, what? This person has enemies, is this, is this? I'm like, first of all, you don't need to be a part of this shit. If there's people who are going to beat this guy up, walk away. But, that you know, it's for my next prod- podcast, uh, um, <laughs> Dating for Shit. But, um, no, so... I always thought that was interesting because these people, I mean, it's like it's ridiculous kind of stuff that they will use some type of scam to get these people into it. But the scam is no different than I move my money offshore. I have these fake companies to eventually launder my funds and then give me a loan that I never have to pay back. Like the scams are all, they're all like the same cheap casino games. You know, why, why do you go to Las Vegas or you go to Macau, you go to all these other places, you see these casinos that are, shiny as shit and there's lights and all this kind of stuff around and it's like oh here's this and there's that there's that and then at the end of the day you realize you are watching a ball roll around on a wheel or you're throwing dice against the side of a table it all boils down to the same shit like the, the idea of grifting it's, it's always the same thing ponzi schemes always the same thing pyramid schemes always the same things it's incredible and what I'm saying is I want in. I want, <laughs> I, damn it, I want to have multiple houses to hide my wealth. You know, I want American Express to know my face. And I want to fail upward. And realistically, I need you guys to help me get there because <laughs> I, I, wish I, I wish I was like a little bit immoral you know, one of those people who could really just deliver a line of bullshit to people and like mean it, you know, psychopath basically. But, you know, some of these people, it's like the Jim Jones. There's always like the cult kind of personalities. And you just have to, you have to be, have a way to deliver it and such that it's like, no, no, I'm doing you a benefit by not paying for this. You're helping me out, but I'm helping you out. I'm creating businesses for you. You know, it's like this trickle down. You know, if you give me all the money, it trickles down and you're doing well. This will never come back to bite you in the ass. Listen, we'll move the businesses overseas. You get to buy five of everything and you get to have a job. Well, yeah, I mean, there'll be some short term work, but yeah, fuck, that's, uh, that's uh, you know, 10 years down the road. We'll figure it out then because we have ingenuity. We have work ethic. We have 
the American dream. And as George Carlin said, it's called the American dream because you have to be asleep. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, it's like, it's that kind of shit, right? If you, if, if I could deliver that kind of stuff, I mean, that's, what is that? that I'm, I'm just basically assuming that like, if you, if you have that, you either become a con man or you become a politician. What's the fucking difference? What's the difference between a loan shark and a bank? A lot of banks are for profit unless you go to credit unions. Uh, so like really, what is the difference? They're charging you interest. He charged you interest. They find a way to fuck you legally, at least for set. I mean, even if you just went flat zero bankruptcy, it fucks you for seven years. You know, not to mention what can happen to you in seven years. Jesus Christ. You're still paying your car loan. I mean, they repo the car, but you know, if you don't pay a credit card, if you just completely declared bankruptcy, seven years fucks you up, right? Can't do shit about it. Can't do anything to like shorten the process. There's no parole, appeal, whatever. That's it. I got to say, man, a broken bone takes about six to eight weeks to heal. So which one is worse? Thank you guys for listening to me rant about this. And as I work my way through these podcasts, um, just keep in mind that <laughs> it's it's being being broke doesn't necessarily mean that I don't know. You go to Applebee's or something. I'm not saying like it's, it's like it's not necessarily lack of money, but there's a there's like a there's a system out there that unless we become aware, <laughs> self aware, you know, let's become Terminator. But um, you know, blow everything up, start from zero. I mean, that was the end of Fight Club, right? Unless you're in another country, and then they changed the ending, but they um that's that's part of it that's part of being broke man i mean there's a reason why you get into these loops this endless loop of buy this buy this crap do this kind of thing do that oh man do you see how they fucking did this yeah well they just need to be bailed out because they're too big to fail I'm like well, i don't even know what that means they're too big to fail this will shatter our economy well if that's the case then you didn't really have an economy and an economy isn't just these fucking financial institutions it's actually made up of all transactions meaning all these businesses that you fucking vaporized because you said well we can't go there because they're not essential or we can't do this so you're just perpetuating this broke mentality and this broke mindset but while you want to say hey what the fuck's going on over here did you know that this one guy didn't pay any taxes? He only paid this much money. Yeah, he and like 10 million other people, other bankers, other congressmen, other parliamentarians, other whatever the fuck. It is the same scam. It's always there. And my fear with this is as, as I start to learn more and more about it, you start to, you know, gather more of this information. And eventually, your car gets blown up with you driving in it. And unlike the movie Casino, I do not have that type of vehicle that has a steel plate underneath my seat, and somehow I live. Happy ending to a podcast. Thank you for listening. Follow along on our various channels wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave some reviews. That would be good. iTunes, they seem to love that. Invite your broke-ass friends to check it out. Maybe your family member is also broke. I'm sure everybody's been touched by this because it's all just kind of there. Kind of have to have a laugh for some of this kind of stuff because it's like, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? But we can laugh about it. If you have any other broke situations where maybe you came in across something that you thought was a little fucked up and you feel like that's what's keeping you down, keeping you broke, whatever, 
you know, don't be too serious, but you can be. You can do talk about whatever you want. Send uh, an email to brokeisshitpodcast at gmail.com. Talk about some broke habits, broke situations you've been involved in. Um, and then, you know, I got a little Instagram. You can find it as brokeisshitpodcast. And I think BAS Podcast on Facebook. I'll have some more content on there. I'll, you know, if I see something real stupid, like occasionally I'll get, you get a lot of creditors or whatever in the mail kind of thing. Like they, you know, it's like blood in the water for the sharks. They sniff it out. But realistically, you know, you get a bunch of stuff. I got something, uh, I think at the beginning of 2020, maybe, maybe even before that in 2019, it was something about buying a house with zero money down. I'm like, oh God, they're doing this again. I mean, you're talking subprime lending. I don't think it ever really goes away. I mean, I was talking to my friend about, I'll probably go into this deeper. It'll be like an entire thing about just like credit cards and how that is a tyrannical ass fucking. Um, it, it, I think before 2008, before the, the recession in the United States, I believe you could have interest rates higher than 30%. And then they signed into law that you can't do that because that's kind of predatory and it's just like a really bad way to do things. Uh, I, but it's funny how many of them, a lot of times they're like, we'll go up to 29.99% APR. And that's, is, that's still, that's insane. You know, uh, I was in school and somebody, uh, the dumbest thing I ever heard, came walking in. He said he went to a car dealership just to see if he could get a car. And he's like, oh yeah, man, they approved me. And dude, I got they approved me for a new car, man. Uh, for like 12.8% interest. And it's like, fuck, 12.8%. And you know it wasn't like a three-year loan. So, I don't know. I'm sure there'll be something that I talk about on this, but be sure to check it out. Um, I'll have more podcasts coming out. Uh, right now, I'll just do like one a week. Uh, they'll come out on a Tuesday. i uh, just kind of keep it with it because I started on uh, the beginning of February. But yeah, every Tuesday, that'll come out and uh, just leave some comments. Leave some reviews, and I'll talk to you broke people soon.